Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Everybody, welcome to December. Oh my God, is it really? It is. By the time that you hear this, <laughs> finally, God, yes. <laughs> Anyone who's interested, it's going to be a December to remember when you purchase at your local Ford. No, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> who's that at the door? <laughs> I have blocked out doing car dealership ads for three years, and I forgot all of the different like event slogans. Uh-huh. Happy and, Honda days. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that just caused a whole lot of repressed <laughs> memories to come flooding back. Oh, man. Uh, well, as it is the beginning of December, uh, I want to take a moment to thank all the patrons who joined us this month on Patreon. Uh, Alex, Super Captain, LARP Analysis, Toasted Ghosty, Chris Phillips, <laughs> Faye Oz, Callista Morgan, Dominic Mine, Michael Yoon, and the first time ever... Someone submitted their name in another language. I believe it's Taiwanese. So I had to do a little research on this. I think I have this name right. Kai Wan Cheng. Cool. All right. So hopefully that's correct. Uh, so thank you for joining us in the month of November. And thank you to everyone who joins us every month over at patreon.com slash the crit show. Uh, if you are a current patron, make sure to check your email. We have sent out a uh, survey to all of our current patrons so you can give us feedback about the rewards, the tiers, all that stuff, uh, and that will help us make our adjustments that we do every year around this time. So uh, you can look forward to uh, some new things, some changed things come January 1st, uh, but make sure to fill out that survey so that we hear what you think. Feet picks. <laughs> you know what? I've looked at some of the responses already. You're not far off. Yes. Ankle picks. Ankle picks. <laughs> you just got to move a little more north. Mm, a saucy ankle. And <laughs> Welcome to the Victorian era. I never left. I don't know why my head translated that to sausagey ankle. Oh. My brain translated it to put sauce on ankles. <laughs> like a nice bolognese. Yeah. yeah. So these are all the kind of rewards you can look forward to <laughs> over at Patreon. Oh, boy. It's time to let the recap roll. <laughs> I feel like I was just being tested more than anything, but he brought me to one of the empty safe houses to slaughter some humans with him. Where was it? And I'll, I'll give her the address. It is the address of the house that you had just recently moved Kester and Tiresias out of. Who knows the locations of the Red Line's safe houses? I imagine just a spinning Rolodex of names. You get the names of all of the people in the faction. You get the names of the leaders of the faction. You get James's name, and the last name you get is Jingles. Uh, you remember a little bit ago I had the conversation with you about Danny. And, you know, she kind of she wants to go home and mm. all that. Considering what just happened with the House of Strom, 
I feel like this isn't the safest place for her to be anymore, and I, I've got an idea of a safer place. With your permission, I'd like to relocate her. Very well, you can move her, and you do not have to tell me where, but I must report this to the three, and if they request knowledge, that would be between you and them. Tiresias, what is the nature of the ritual that Father Ohanna is doing? While communing with the Silver Cross, Father Ohanna calls forth his darker aspects and binds them into an entity known as the Wraith. It is bound to his will, acts as his eyes, and kills with a touch. And then his eyes go dull again. Oh my god. So are we, we're cool with this dude, right? At the moment, yes. Do I know any factions that Tranquil Silence is like particularly antagonistic towards? No, there's not really any groups that you know of that Tranquil Silence is openly hostile towards. Yeah, as far as I know, Tranquil Silence mostly keeps to themselves, which is even scarier now. We have no idea what Father Ohana is doing with that thing. I wonder what doing this ritual, getting access to this thing, this form, what does that grant him that he can't do normally? Other than kill with a touch. I mean, that seems like the big end. That's like the, yeah, that's like the, the prize. Like, I'm just trying to think of like why somebody would bring this thing forth. Well, it's ordinarily hard for ghosts to completely manifest. The ghosts that I know, they kind of have to choose being able to physically interacting with something or being visible or being heard. So it could be accessing the silver cross lets father ohana manifest more completely than he otherwise would be able to great call and especially if he like looks completely different too right because this was more of like a monstrous form yeah and i think to kind of clarify this if i may speak for tiresias for a yes. moment <laughs> <laughs> um that it's you know father ohana's body is still there these darker elements of him form into the wraith and so it does give him kind of anonymity as well because he looks like something else yeah. Mm. While he himself, in his ghostly form, stays inside of their base. He's like a drone pilot. Hmm. Okay. So, so yeah, he's got the advantage of staying under some kind of cover while he's doing whatever he has to do. And this wraith hasn't been spotted showing up places? I don't know. I, I mean, like, I haven't heard anything on, on my end. I guess I didn't really know to look out for it. Well, it's one more thing to just keep an ear out for. One way or another, we might have an unexpected ally, or very much not, I guess. Uh, but hell, right now, if he's not trying to death touch us, whatever, man. Yeah, let's let's keep it that way. Yeah, I mean, as long as we're not spotted there, we should be fine. Well, let's kick it for a little bit, make sure we have enough time that's gone by. Uh, I do have one more question, because nobody's really said anything. Honestly, like, how's the blue suit? You look sharp as hell. Well, thank you. Gotta be honest, I have kind of a bad Pavlovian response to seeing that suit, considering everything that Aiden did, but it does. It does look nice on you. The blue really brings out your eyes. Oh, thank you. And that's fair. That's why I'm going to keep wearing it to, like, shatter his connection to it and make it uh -huh. something good in the world. Take his look and make it your thing now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I had asked Tiresias earlier before you guys got here, but apparently... If we ask the right question, Lana should be able to take us to Jingles. Lana, you know Jingles? Yeah. Do you know where he is right now? Yeah. Is there like a riddle to this or could we just ask you? I'm not I'm not asking you right the second, but could we just ask you to take us to Jingles and you do that? Yeah. I wonder what, um, that's weird. I wonder what the right question means. It could just be, can Lana, can you take us to Jingles? 
okay. And she starts to not, glow. Uh, not right this second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And she stops glowing. Let's uh, let's maybe hold off until we get the cross. Yeah, let's do the cross first, at least. Okay, so we'll go we'll go do that and then pop back here. And then maybe we can go see Jingles. All right, so as you all enjoy your treats, the clock spins forward a couple of hours uh, so that you know it is a safe time where you could jump into the Congress Hotel. All right, Grandpa, you ready? Yes. Okay, so Lana, if you would please take us to the cross, and if something goes wrong, I will let you know, and you can grab the both of us and bring us back here, okay? Okay, and she holds up both of her hands. Wish us luck. Good luck. Good luck. You got this. Can I roll my move, the best laid plans? Yes, remind us what that move is. When you work out a plan with someone, roll with mind. On a 10 plus, hold three. On a seven to nine, hold two. You can spend your hold one for one regardless of distance while the plan is being carried out. Two, add plus one to someone's roll. I can choose after rolling. Dismiss all harm someone suffers from a single hit. Or ensure your people have the exact gear they need on hand. On a miss, hold one, but your plan encounters some disastrous opposition from the start. All right, roll it. Eight. All right, so mark down two hold and let me know how you want to spend those. Great. And with that, Grandpa Tincher takes Lana's other hand and the three of you start to fade out. You fade back in inside of a large stone room. There is a silver cross sitting on a pedestal. It is lit on all four sides by lights that hang from the ceiling. And it is sitting on a very fine piece of purple cloth on this pedestal. I look around. Is there anyone else in this room? There is not. Are there any cameras? There are not. All right. Okay, James, there it is. James goes over and opens up the panel on his arm and begins the process of getting the reading off of the cross. A few minutes pass, and he turns to you and gives a thumbs up. All right, uh, Lana, let's go back. She nods, and the three of you vanish and appear again inside of the subterranean lair. And with that, you can all mark off tranquil silence. Two in a day. Wild. (laughs) (laughs) You are accidentally going to trigger a faction move. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I thought about all of that until they were both talking to her at at the cloud gate. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I've seen it. And I was like, does that mean she could take us directly to it? Yep. Wow. You're not really going to trigger a faction move because no one knows the two things you've done. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I throw up. (laughs) (laughs) me too (laughs) oh my god it worked it worked (gasps) really that quick and easy huh there was nobody there okay well done lana thank you so much of course i can't tell you how unbelievably helpful this is to us anytime that you want to come here you're welcome to come here yeah are are you having a good time you guys ask a lot of questions I'm sorry. I, I know that that's a lot for you to handle, and I'm I'm trying not to. Um, it's just, it's difficult when there's an ally, you know, somebody we know that we're friends with that it feels like we might be able to learn something, but I, I know that that's not really how this works, and I apologize. Oh, yeah, because I, I know stuff that you guys don't know here, or I did. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. It's okay, then. All right, so we've got the cross. Are we gonna go we might as well yeah let's go see if we can find another friend lana could you take the four of us to see jingles yeah now yes thank you okay and you all start to fade out as the five of you fade back in your vision is filled with 
the earth, but it is very small. You start to float off of the ground, and off to the side, a monitor kicks on. Building segments initiated. Lights kick on all around you, and two of you, having helped construct this, realize that you are inside of the Eye of Ra. Once the computer has fully booted up, Jingles appears on the screen. How may I be of assistance? Jingles! Uh, Jingles, do you recognize me? Voice pattern recognized. Jake Purdy. Yeah, buddy. How are you? Operating at 37%. Oh, guys, I don't know if this is like sentient elf friend Jingles. I think you might just kind of be an OS for real. Oh my gosh, space, space, we're in space, oh. First time? In space? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Pretty terrifying, isn't it? I mean, it's it's unexpected, but it's amazing. I kind of gently push her to float. Man, when I was like really, really young, I used to, I wanted to be like an astronaut back when, you know, there was like a space program, but my eyesight's too bad. I'm also, I think, too short, Uh, but this is very cool. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Well, shit, I'm a little sad that we're not exactly seeing an old friend, but Maybe Jingles can still help us out. And I want to, like, look around. I want to see if I can find anything of use here or a way to access information. I mean, anything. All right. Roll. Study a place of power. And I think that, I think technically you're going to roll with Mortalis. That makes sense. Eight. And that levels me up. Oh, nice. What are you going to take? I think I'm going to take a move from another archetype. All right, what are you going to take? I'm going to take one from the imp called I'm a Fucking Demon. And this move, ignore all harm the first time you suffer harm in a scene. At the end of each scene, clear your faint harm box. Nice. I feel like I've been getting into some scraps, so that might be useful. And so with Study a Place of Power, the thing that you notice here is that behind the console where this screen is that has the image of Jingles on it that is talking to you, you see a small green booty coming out from behind the console. And you turn and you have to lean to look behind it. And it's Jingle's body. And it is badly damaged. And he is plugged in to the system. Seems like this was a last-ditch effort to save his processing system. To plug himself into the Eye of Ra and upload the undamaged part of him into the computer. I know. I said booty. It's a little and all green of your booty. Eyes yep, lit up. Yep. <laughs> Check out that little green booty. It's a little booty sticking out. I don't know why I had to bend over so far to get plugged in. That's where the cord comes from. Oh, no. Oh, man. Uh. You imagine that if you could make some repairs, it might restore him past that 37%. Whoa. Come look at this. What is it? I float over. It's him? Is he. Uh, salvageable? That sounds like a really callous way of saying it, but like... Can we get him back? I, I think if we can figure out how to repair him better, we can. We can get him past his threshold. I think however he's here, he was hurting and didn't have the means, and this was his last ditch to stay existing. So we can't take him away from here? Yeah, I mean, we can take the body, we can take this shell, but, you know, he is otherwise uploaded into everything else. Well, can we just take him back to James? I don't know why not. Yeah, let's take back what, what we can here. I don't know if we can try and get information out of what he's uploaded. And then hopefully, yeah, hopefully James can get back the rest of him. Works for me. While they're uh, dealing with jingles, I want to 
<laughs> float over to the computer. I'm interested in seeing if there are records here from the IPT. I mean, obviously, I have what Margaret and Anastasia were keeping, but they also said that the Eye of Ra got destroyed. So I'm wondering if there is a more accurate version here. You know, we just did this move, but I think it's going to be study a place of power again. And I'm going to justify that by saying Tass was doing the Eye of Ra and you are doing the IPT archives, that they are technically kind of two distinctly different places. Sure. Nine. Uh, I'll try to lend a hand here. Just from what I know about the IPT archives of the past and the system and everything, like maybe I can help her find some stuff. Okay. Yeah. Roll lend a hand or get in the way. Eleven. And that will mark Mortalis for me, and that will level me up. Well, what are you going to take? I am going to take a move from another archetype. This is from The Sworn. Protect and serve. When you read a charged situation, roll with mind. On a hit, ask the MC questions. Take plus one when you act on the answers. On a 10 plus, ask two. On a seven and nine, ask one. Where's my escape route slash way in slash way past? What enemy is most vulnerable to me? What should I be on the lookout for? What's my enemy's true position? Who here can't be trusted? On a miss, you recognize a weakness in your own position or preparations you should have seen coming. All right. And so with that, Jake does give Kim the plus one that bumps Kim up to a 10. Nice. So the reality that you find underneath inside of the archives of the IPT is that the final part of the war between the IPT and Nash ended maybe two or three years later than what was indicated. That there was still a group working and a large part of it was setting up this satellite as a safe haven. It is covered in wards. It is physically cloaked, not just from other machines, but to the naked eye. And that whoever was working on this, finishing it was probably the last thing they accomplished because there's no records after that point. Um, And so really, I think that's the big thing you gather is that, yeah, there was a little more resistance than Nash let on. He was able to get rid of them, but not at the time that he said. Uh, And then your insight reveals much about the circle's politics and schemes. Ask me a question about the circle and you're going to take a plus one forward when you act on the answer. So what would you like to know about Mortalis? So my question is more about like this Mortalis, not the Mortalis that we know of back in Chicago. Yeah, that's fair. Apart from Lana, is there a way to safely and quickly travel uh, from Earth to the Eye of Ra? There is. You can see as you scroll through these old records that one of the last records has a series of letters and numbers at the end that don't seem to make any sense, but you realize that it's a passcode. And I think that after a little bit of digging back through some older records, you think that this passcode will activate the teleportation room, which they do have one active teleporter. Nice. And I think that in this moment, we have just kind of a little snippet of a scene of you going down into the portal room. And inside of the portal room, there is the giant portal that looks very similar to the one that Tass and Jake and Megan had seen when they were here previously. But there is also a very small version of it that has an activation button um, that you imagine is like how you set up the other end. Awesome. I will point that out to everyone else. So it looks like we can just take this with us and then... Go back to the Eye of Ra whenever we want. Holy shit. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I will say that I think looking at it, you get the sense that it is very small, but will become very large when placed. 
and that it's probably hard to take apart. Okay, so like we get the idea we need to pick the spot. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and then set this down and clear it, you know, a good 10, 12 feet. And... Cool. All right, is there anything else we need up here? At the moment, I wouldn't know what. Yeah, I'm gathering up jingles. All right. I'm going to grab the pocket teleportation circle. All right, let's go back. Okay. And Lana starts to shimmer, and you all vanish from the Eye of Ra and appear back inside the subterranean layer. Hey, Grandpa. We went to space. Oh. Got a patient here. Can we clear somewhere to put him down? Oh. Oh, no. Yeah. Lay Jingles down. There's a lot of damage to him. I think I could get him operating again, but it will take a good deal of time, maybe five or six days. Okay. That's fine, if you can focus on on that. Kim, how does that work? And I point to the teleport pad. Well, wherever we put it, it's going to be permanent. So we need to find a safe place to lay down this circle and then uh, make sure that there's 10 or 12 feet around it. But then we should just be able to go back and forth. Well, that's going to be up to you, James, if we want to have this here. I mean, obviously, we also have another very safe place, but it's not exactly a convenient place. Yeah, if there's room here, I think we might as well set it up. Uh, Yes, if you look over there on the far shelf, uh, there should be a strange-looking, almost like a ray gun that's uh, blue and green, uh, pointed at the wall. It it disintegrates old stone and and rock. Just make a new space. Okay. And yeah, because we've described this before, but it is just kind of like a cavern in here. It's not walls and things like that. Like, any of walls have been built in to make it look livable, but it is just kind of a hole dug in this in this, like, limestone and stuff. James, you are an amazing, incredible guy. You just casually have this down here. Uh, Well, it's uh, just something that I stumbled across on my travels. How do you think he made this place? You know, I never asked, but that makes a lot of sense. I don't know, Jake. My mind didn't immediately go to disintegrating ray gun. Ah. That's your first mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, eventually you'll take a look at a place and just instantly know rock laser just comes with it. And I'm going to pick this thing up and start making a space. All right. So, Tash, you pick up this laser and start clearing a space for the teleporter. Is anybody doing anything else while Tass is clearing this space? Trying not to, like, fall asleep, man. It's like four in the morning. It's true. Yeah. As long as uh, James thinks he has everything he needs right now to get things set up for jingles, then I'm just enjoying gravity, I guess. Okay. Uh, I am going to take a moment to speak with Kester. Okay. I want to cash in the vision that he has said he owes me, considering that we plan to move against the Court of the Silver Wing next, and we don't know jack shit about their item. I don't know how much he knows or how much he can find out, but I want to ask him, what's the best way to get to their item? He nods at that question, and again, there's that golden flash of light, and it seems like he has moved just like an inch or so. He's just not quite in the same spot as he was. If you could find a way to set up some kind of a meeting with the royal court, anything of importance to them is kept in their throne room. So if it's just a matter of getting close to something for a certain amount of time, if you could set up a meeting, I think that would knock it right out of the park. You guys can do such cool stuff. I'm just like, like palm in my hand, like <laughs> leaning on the counter, looking at all of them like, man, you guys' powers are real rad. Hey, don't sell yourself short, buddy. I watched you surf on a sword. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You're right. Yeah. I can do cool stuff too. Yeah. Thanks. So I think at this point, Tass has finished carving out the area for the teleporter. Kim goes over, puts in the code, and we watch this teleporter unfold. It's strange. It's almost like you have this very small oval. And as it gets bigger, you can see that there are 
pieces that look the same as the pieces that are constructing it inside of it. So it's kind of gyroscoping out to make a bigger version of itself. It takes up the full space and then powers on and there's just a low hum and an energy field emitting from the center of the oval. Oh, that was cool. So that means that we could just go to space whenever we want? Yeah, I think so. I push her through. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, r- I run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you give her a little push and, and then she is floating in space. Not in space, but in <laughs> the eye of Ra. Oh, this is all of Kim's real life dreams right now to be in space. I just float around and get like a good look at the earth from where we are and then do a flip in zero G and then go back to the portal. (laughs) How was it? Oh God, it was amazing. (laughs) I can't believe you've been up there multiple times. Yeah, it's, um, it's really something. All right. So as Kim pointed out earlier, it is like four in the morning. Uh, Is there anything else you all want to do tonight? Nothing else, I don't think. Okay. So you all head back to your various locations for the evening. The next morning, as Jake and Kim come down into the lobby of the rookery, Lore Merchant holds up an envelope that is addressed to you, Kim. Oh, I didn't even set up a forwarding address or anything yet. Thank you. Of course. I will open it. It is from Ozymandias. And it is an invitation to join him later today. And in a tight scrawl at the bottom of the invitation, it says to bring your crew and also to bring your friends from Utah. Which I know to be Kester and Tiresias. Got it. I'm just like peering over her shoulder excitedly trying to read it. What's it say? What's it say? We have a meeting with Ozymandias. And my eyes will get slightly wider when I say that. Neat. Mm-hmm. Now? It's in like an hour, long enough to uh, get everyone else. All right, let's roll. Yep. So I think the question at hand is, how are you going to get Kester and Tiresias to this meeting? Uh, Do we have some kind of like briefcase or something big enough for that jar? I mean, canonically, Kester does have a Jansport that Tiresias fits into. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I mean, I have a vehicle that isn't trackable like it's not something i have to leave outside you know wherever i go so i could just pick them up have kester in a motorcycle helmet in the sidecar and tiresias in the bag nice okay i'm still stuck on i feel like you and i have different definitions of a briefcase what briefcase would you put I, a human head in? yeah i was thinking that too <laughs> i was thinking that as well um i am not kidding at all this is real this is where why my mind does this and i'm totally giving up his secrets. I'm sorry, Brew. I love you, buddy. I have a magician friend, and one of those like briefcase that you pull a bunch of shit out of is just like this stretchy backed thing that you can put a whole bunch of stuff in, no matter how big it is, and it just stretches and stretches and stretches. And as long as they're just looking at the front, you can pull it off. So Order of the Leyline is probably going to be after you for divulging that secret. <laughs> they want a Mary Poppins bag. <laughs> Uh, and then what about the three of you? Well, if uh, Kim and Jake are at the rookery together already, if they want to pick me up, we can go together. Or if they let me know, I can head there on my own. Might be better to not be all seen together and we don't have to be. Okay. All right. Yeah, I can send the message then to her to get there on her own and uh, I'll drive us. All right. So, Tass, I'm going to ask you to give me a mislead, distract, or trick as you try to sneak Kester and Tiresias through town into the building on your motorcycle with him helmeted and the other in a bag. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't lose Tiresias. Six. Oh, no. Is, okay, can I lend a hand? Go on. Knowing the the route that he's going to have to take, that I'm in my big, loud, ostentatious muscle car 
in the neighborhood driving like an asshole to like draw the attention away from him making his way. Yes, I think so. We'll find out, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Thor. <laughs> Stop helping me. <laughs> I, baby, I never started. <laughs> All right. So Jake is making a lot of noise, uh, getting him and Kim to the meeting. Tass is sneaking through town with Kester and Tiresias. Megan is stealthing through town by herself. You all get to the carbide and carbon building and get inside. I'm just like brushing the dust off my shoulders like I fucking nailed it. We all took different routes and then we just show up together and walk in at the same time. (laughs) That's part of the fail. (laughs) Are high-fiving each other. Did a great job being sneaky. Yeah, you too. (laughs) Let's all act like we don't know each other. But first of all, group hug. We all made it. So you all arrive at the Carbide and Carbon building and head inside. Maxwell is in the lobby waiting for you. He greets you and moves over to the elevator and opens it and reaches in in keys in the top floor. Hi, again. He nods. Thank you. We don't know each other. (laughs) (laughs) I gathered that. By the way, you're all holding hands. (laughs) (laughs) Kester's still wearing the motorcycle helmet. (laughs) Also so is Tiresias. <laughs> <laughs> the whole jar it's, inside it's of a helmet. It's just the head inside of the helmet, and he's just holding the helmet under his arm <laughs> while wearing a helmet. <laughs> but you can see that there's water floating around inside of the visor. Uh, and the elevator takes you up to Ozymandias' office. The door opens, and Ozymandias is there sitting behind his desk. Yeah, thank you all for joining me at this early hour. Is everything okay? Can we talk? Yes, uh, close the elevator and have a seat. We shall speak as friends. I get out of the elevator and in lieu of sitting, just run over to Ozymandias and throw my arms around their neck. I thought you were dead. Yeah, so did I for a brief moment. I, di- I didn't even know that this was possible. Why? Why didn't you tell me? Yeah, this is something that was set up long ago. Not something I'm terribly proud of. Something I try not to use very often. But sometimes things like these, uh, they best played close to the vest. Well, it looks like it worked out. Yes. There was a strange moment where I felt my spirit pulled in a different direction. But luckily I had already sent a message to Clan Ozymandias to summon Ozymandias. He lets them know when he wants to arrive. It's a special machine that I have set up where I can transfer my spirit into his husk of a body. The old bastard tried to betray me a long time ago, and so I killed him, not as immortal as he would like to make others think. And I thought, well, this perfectly good body in this position of power shouldn't go to waste, so I've used it sparingly over the years. Is there a way to get you back? I don't believe so. I don't have any parts of my... Original body left. All of the jars were destroyed in the building's collapse. Oh. So did you get your liver back? From Damien? Yeah. No, but I assumed at this point he would have given it to his boss. I don't know for sure for sure, but I think he still might have it. Oh. He seems to at least act like he is aware that that gives him an edge, but I kind of purposefully didn't get a whole lot of detail yet, because I didn't know about this. And if he did give it to his boss, I mean, 
Maybe it's still around. Maybe we can still get to it. I admit that being my old self again would be nice, but Kim in control of my house, me in control of this one, I'm not seeing a whole lot of downsides. That's true, but I'm no you, Strom, and you coming back would definitely be a big uh, show of power and a big fuck you to New Canterbury. Yes, that's true. If you'll all excuse me for just one moment, Caster, bring Tiresias. And Ozymandias turns and goes out into that side room, and Kester and Tiresias follow. Kim, do you know what that's about? Strom must be asking Kester and Tiresias about something. I don't I don't know. Um, she might be cluing them in as to the exact details of what all we're trying to do. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know if this conversation is over now, but as far as putting Strom back into Strom's body and back in her place and everything, it would at least take some eyes off you again. We've still got some stuff that we need to do in relative secrecy, and right now you're a, a head of state. Yeah, that's true. You all know Damien a lot better than I ever could, but you know I still have a piece of information that he wants. If he agrees to do this, then maybe you all could offer up the information as to how to unlock the necklace, and then when you three get back to your own time, you could do that. Yeah. It's also... Not something necessarily super compromising if Lady Jency gets a hold of it. Because, you know, we got to keep in mind anything we tell him, she could know. But I suppose how to unlock that necklace might not be something she would be super invested in anyway. Seems like a pretty Damien exclusive piece of intel. So, yeah, that could be good. And I don't think there's a thing he wouldn't do for that information. From underneath the door that Ozymandias has just left through, there is a flash of gold light. And then you can hear some muttered words and then there is a flash of white light and it's a little more audible but it's still hard to make out but you hear Tiresias's slightly more booming voice and then the door opens and Ozymandias sits back down at the desk and Kester and Tiresias take their position back on the other side of the table standing next to all of you and she looks at Jake and Tass then at Megan I will help you achieve the thing that you came here to do there is a cost to my aid. There is very little I think we wouldn't agree to, so let's hear it. When you go back into the past, Kim goes with you. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The influence of Freemasonry is undeniable, but who are these mysterious apron-wearing craftsmen, and what are they up to? For centuries, hater-ass conspiracy theorists have attempted to answer these questions. Two Flat Earthers Kidnap a Freemason, starring Zane Schacht as Randy Dunning, Lauren Grace Thompson as Gail Kruger, and Matthew Woodcock as Walter Clay. I just want to go on the record 
right now and say that I, Randy Dunning, am 100% anti-gravity. Like, subscribe, and share your way to the truth when two flat earthers kidnap a Freemason.